0: good morning. Good news. How is everybody today? Good. So, uh, I I told the first service I'm gonna need some help in preaching. So even if you don't believe what I'm saying, if you'll just go, man, that's good. That'll help me. Um, so here's the thing. This is kind of an informational message. It's really not my strength. We're giving definitions and we're trying to explain something that you're, it's going to take a long time to begin to see big picture how this fits. And so Um, I, I just ask that you guys would be patient with me today, but we really want to kind of give you the, why we're doing what we're doing. Why are we going to the nations? Why is it important that you find a role and responsibility in, in doing your part? So, um, this is the the third week of go and specifically with leadership development. So excited. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity. and, And thank you, God, that Uh, You've called all of us to go to our neighbor and to the nations. And God, we ask that you would speak directly to us and through us in Jesus name. Amen. So I know that we've thrown some, uh, a lot of things at you recently change of name, change of logo, change of direction. And a lot of that can be a little overwhelming and we, but we want to bring you back to the center just for a minute and go, a lot of the things that we do haven't changed. You know, Sunday mornings haven't changed. Wednesday nights haven't changed. Small groups haven't changed. We're just beginning to clarify vision and mission and direction. And Amy, forgive me because I talk fast, so we'll try to slow down. And uh, but this is what I'm talking about. That is good news. What Amy is doing over there. So thank you for those three claps. It's powerful. So in my mind, because I'm a processor, I, it takes me a little time to wrap my brain around when things are happening. Like I, I love change and I love to be part of change. I love creating change, but sometimes it, you know, if I'm getting too much information, I just kind of shut down until I can wrap my brain around it. And so I, I, I know that some of you guys are still walking through the change of the name and, and all of these things. Um, but in my mind, if Pastor King, the original founder of Glad Tidings Church, if we were able to have a conversation, and I asked him, Did you ever dream that your dream would come to pass eighty years later, and then a couple of thousand people would show up every week to meet and worship, that fifty something nations in Omaha, Nebraska would gather together at, at Glad Tidings Church. Don't, that's old Glad Tidings Church. Hold on. That we would be known as a house of prayer. That we are developing, developing an internship for 18 to 29 year olds that'll kick off in August. That we're developing a pathway for ministers. That we're going to on mission, planning churches and partnering with churches all over the world in the 1040 window, that we want to develop people in leadership, not just to be in the church, but successful and impactful outside the church. Can you imagine his response of, I never dreamed that this is what would take place? And then I think I could probably break the news to him. I've got good news and bad news, right? The name is changing. So, um, for me, good news represents not just who we are, but who we're we're supposed to be. It's not just another step, but the very reason for our existence, taking the good news to our neighbors and to the nations. It is moving us into action and purpose and mission inside and outside the church. So I I think, you know, as we were talking as a team and and Carrie was part of that and she just said, so many people disqualify themselves from leadership. They They have this idea of what leadership is, right? And so before we even get into the leadership aspect, let's talk about what leadership is not, okay? Leadership is not a position. Just because you have a name tag Does not make you a leader, right? It's not a personality type. It's not your physical appearance, how good you look, your weight, or any of those things. And everybody said, amen. It's not economic or educational status. It's not the the country that you come from. And it's not your public speaking ability or job status. Carrie was talking to us, and she said, "There was a lady who actually came to her and said well i 'm not a leader because i 'm not attractive enough right I, I talk to young people a lot and i watch I watch people and if I can see that you have influence in your peers or around other people, I know that you 're a leader, right but most people go i 'm not a leader because we have this idea of what leadership is, so Let's give a a definition for leadership right now. What is leadership and what is a leader? And so uh, people who have been uh, part of leadership development, you know, a John Maxwell, a Ken Blanchard, they've given their life to the study of leadership. They will tell you that leadership is influence. Leadership is influence. Nothing more, nothing less. And if you have influence, you have the capacity to be a leader. The essence of leadership is to inspire and influence people. Thank you. The essence of leadership is to inspire people. To move people. Great leadership, in my opinion, this is just me. This is Jason Carter's version, no book, no title. This is just my great leadership will take responsibility. It's good to be an influencer, but if you know you're an influencer, then you'll be responsible to make sure you're developing people. To me, that's the heart of leadership is what, not what you can get away with, but what you give away, right? So leadership is the person you are. This is James Hunter giving this definition. Leadership is the person you are and the influence and impact you have on people you come into contact with. My wife was very influenced by a really bad idea called Whole30. <laughs> One of the worst months of my life just made me angry. But she was influenced. That's leadership. If you influence somebody to be a reader or to watch something or to go do something, that's influence. That's leadership, right? We have to change the idea of what leadership is like a ladder. A lot of people think, well, if I can get up there, I'll be a leader. If I can get a position, I'll be a leader. Everybody, I know this, this sounds a little weird, but I want everybody to stick your hands out like this. Everything and every person that fits in that sphere, you're influential toward. Quit thinking that you have to be up there. You can put them down. Wow, that was powerful. I felt powerful for a minute. That's influence. All right. The leadership. So everybody in in that little sphere is who you can be influential to. You don't have to be what you're not. Man, stay in your lane, right? Most of us get in trouble when we're trying to be something that God didn't create us to be. Just be who you are, but be influential, be an encourager, be a developer in your lane. All right. We're going to get there. So if you're influencing people, you're a leader. So in the Bible, it does talk about the gift of leadership. And I just want to stop here for just a second. Because uh, I, I can remember Carissa's dad uh, 20 years ago gave me a book by John Maxwell on leadership. Now, literally, I didn't know what to do with that. I went, What am I going to do with this? I read like a couple of pages and put it down and didn't pick it back up. Because I, I didn't understand the need to develop the skills of leadership. I was a leader in athletics but I wasn't a good leader when it came to skills, right? And so the Bible talks about the gift of leadership. And then our job is to help develop the skill of leadership. So let's look at scripture, Romans 12, six and eight. And I'm really trying to talk slow. Wow. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. That word grace in the Greek is metron. It's actually a measure. Okay? So all of us have different gifts and talents and abilities, and we've been given a measure. Okay? All our responsibility is to use that grace or that measurement for other people. Nothing more, nothing less, okay? And then God will do his part. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach if it is to encourage then give encouragement i want i want to stop right here for just a second that is one of the most powerful things that you can do in a very negative world is to encourage if it is giving then give generously if it is to lead do it diligently if it is to show mercy do it cheerfully so here's the thing as a church we have to be diligent in how we lead it's really important that we're diligent we're we're hard workers we're we're applying what we know so so much of leadership is what we learn in skill. Sometimes we we compare ourselves, which is a sin. We're not supposed to compare ourselves to each other. We're supposed to take what God has given us, develop it, and use it. And that's all. Not everybody's gonna be the CEO of a huge corporation. That's okay. So I want to give you a picture from scripture of leaders in different capacities. So Moses takes Israel out of Egypt, right? And now he's got 2 million people. How many know wherever people are, there's problems and there's complainers, right? Go ahead and say, that's me. You know, that notice I didn't say that, but I made you say that that's leadership. I don't know that that's good leadership. That's leadership. So Jethro, his father-in-law notices that Moses is overwhelmed, overwhelmed with people and problems and everybody's wanting to get to the leader. Right? So he says, listen, you got to find some people that are going to help you. You got to find some people that are help carry this burden. So let's go to Exodus. Let me give you the Exodus 18 verse 24. Moses listened to his father-in-law Teachable. Good leadership is is teachable and did everything he said. He chose capable men from all Israel and made them leaders over the people, officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties and tens. And we can stop right there. Do you notice that according to their ability, they were given leadership responsibilities? People get stressed out because I I don't want to be a pastor of a church. I don't want to lead an organization. I don't want to do those things. God's just calling you to be you. And if you can influence 10 people, amazing. If you can lead 10 people, fantastic. But use what God has given you. You guys with me? So again, don't think up, think out. All right. So we're in this new era, this new age at Good News Church. And it's exciting I mean, this is what we talk about, what we dream about, what we sacrifice for is that we want to be part of what God is doing on the earth. We do. And we want to play our role in it. So, you know, in the past, I think there are three or four different areas that we could say glad tidings. Probably we were incomplete in our leadership. We were incomplete in the way we approached ministry. So I I think for a while we were more role players. We looked for more role players than leaders. That just simply means we're trying to fill a gap. We went to a third service, right? Hundreds of needs. And we just looked for people that would fill the position instead of developing people who could develop people. And that's where we want to go. Um, I think probably we were mo- more Sunday morning focused than Monday through Saturday focused. Look, we love to gather, but we want to gather and then go. Right. And then I, I think probably we were probably more top down driven, right? The leader does everything and the people just do what they're asked to do. But the problem is there's so many needs and there's so many things that you guys possess. Gifts, talents, abilities, callings that we need to provide opportunities, equip you so that you do them. That's multiplication. Okay. Hey, don't be rushing me over there. Go step. So it, if, if we look through the biblical narrative, right? If we look through the biblical narrative is why the church does what it does. You can break it down basically into four things. Number one, creation. God creates everything. The cosmos, animals, man. And he says it is good. Everything God does is good, right? Right. Second rebellion, man sins, the fall. And basically man says, I'm going to try to be God-like without God. People are still trying to be God-like without God. So God goes, we need to fix this. There's a gap now because I'm holy because of sin. We have to bridge that gap and man can't do it. So I'm going to send my son for act three redemption. He sends his son to die sheds his blood for forgiveness and restoration. Okay? So I want you to look at uh, a scripture. Colossians 1, 19 and 20 says this. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Christ and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood. So, Jesus pays the price. And that last act, that fourth act is what we're in now. And that's restoration. That God now comes back to man and says, we paid the price. I want to invite you into the restoration of what I want to do on the earth. So if you look at it, it's God does good. Man does bad. God does good. Invites man to do good. That's our, that's our role. That's why as a church, we're going. That's why as a a church, we're going to our neighbors, got to tell them about the good news of Jesus. That's why we're going to the nations because we want every person to hear the good news. But for me, this is, this is why I'm, I'm alive right here. This is my part in this is that I believe individually, every person has a role and responsibility more than your job, more than making money, that we have a role in, in bringing the restoration process to every person. So I am gonna take you quickly through scripture. Are you ready? All right, Genesis 1, 26 and 27. God makes man in his image. You are made in the image of God. You bear the likeness of God. Job 8. Job is going through an incredibly difficult time, and yet he recognizes, it says, you guided my conception. Because in a room like this, there are people that... Your parents told you that you're an accident or maybe you're the result of a one night stand or or whatever it is. But if you look at scripture, regardless of how you got here, God guided your conception. Right. Psalm 139, David has this incredible revelation of God. He begins to to say, uh, you knit me together in my mother's womb. And he goes on later and he says, you, you wrought me, you, you wove me together. And that, that connotation is like a tapestry. And so God was placing in you gifts and talents and abilities and call. he was giving you your temperament and your personality and your, your, your interests. It wasn't just the culmination of an act between a man and a woman and he, he goes on to say you wrote all my days in a book god knew what he was doing when he made you right so let's go to acts 17:26 god recognizes that he wants to place you in time and space so he chooses when you're born where you're born to whom you were born and what nationality you're going to be pretty intentional right Ephesians 1 says before the foundations of the world, he chose you to be in Christ. Ephesians 2 says that you are his workmanship, his poema. You are his written word to the world. Think about that. It's where we get our word poem. So as you're growing, as you're changing, as you're becoming more like God, as you're using your gifts and talents and abilities, the world is recognizing there's something different. And God is speaking through you to them, even if you're not speaking. Pretty incredible, right? Ephesians three says that you are his inheritance and not just you, but everything you do, everything you accomplish, every impact you make on the earth is his inheritance. It's for him. 1 Timothy one, nine says that we have a holy calling. And so I'm a Y guy, right? I, I'm a guy like you can give me all the information in the world, but I want to know why we're doing this. When we talk about taking good news, we have to tell the nations, the world of our love for Christ and what he's done, right? But you have to figure out what your role and responsibility is in taking the good news. If we're going to make an impact, that's what I want to be a part of. I don't want to be part of a museum when we look back and go, man, it sure was great back then. I want to be part of a movement where things are happening, things are changing, right? That's what I was born for. That's what you were born for as well. Church is supposed to be a movement, a living, breathing, empowering, life-giving organism. Come in to good news, mature, grow, be healed, be restored, empowered, and released into God-given opportunities. That's why you're alive. Not to make money, which money's fine. It is to honor God and to make an impact on the earth. So now what? Here's where it it gets uh, a little more complicated because we don't have any time to explain all this. But go ahead and put that up on the screen. This is our leadership development process. Okay? If we move left to right, we've got apprentice there. That is not the all-seeing eye. We are not a cult. That simply means that you're watching and you're learning because Lord knows people are going to be blogging and saying, all of a sudden we've gone to the dark side. We haven't. We're learning to lead ourselves, learning to lead ourselves as we go to the right uh, leader. You see there's a person in front. There's two people in the back. That's discipleship. That's development. Leaders are leading others. Next to that is coach, you're leading leaders. That fourth step is director, that's pastor or a director of a ministry. You're overseeing that, uh, and you're leading ministries. And we don't need to get into the champion a network leader right now. But this is the progression. So some of you guys are on a ministry team. You're going to have the opportunity to apprentice or possibly even move into the role of coach. That's where you're leading leaders. You're speaking into the lives of apprentices, which are developing people. But the goal is, regardless of where you are, we want to begin you in the apprentice process because there's stuff in you that we want to develop and help you to lead. Are you following me? All right. So let's, let's now talk about the apprentice and the attributes. You see, each level has attributes at the bottom. Okay, doer, teachable, spiritual velocity for a leader. It's influencer, spirit-led team player all the way across. So let's just talk about the attributes of an apprentice right now. A doer. You are actively pursuing and growing in the skill of leading yourself and seeking to accomplish tasks for the team. How many need to kill the procrastination monster? Some of you guys are leaders and you still procrastinate, right? It's learning to act on what God prompts you to do. It's learning how to follow through with something. Okay. Teachable. You are committed to personal growth and you want to learn from the leadership above you, regardless of where you are in life. You'll never be the king, right? You're never going to be the king of a country where people can't tell you what to do or that you're not going to be able to learn from somewhere. You're going to have to be teachable along the way. And if you're not teachable, You're a moron. I think that's in Leviticus, pastor. Because nobody reads Leviticus. So you gotta be, you gotta be teachable. And in spiritual velocity. Spiritual velocity is that you're always moving toward Christ. It's kind of like the stock market. So if you look at the stock market over a year, you're going to see great vacillations, right? Up and down, and it's going to look like these huge peaks and valleys. But over the course of time, if you looked at it for 40 years, you're going to see a progression up. That's our, our walk with Christ. Don't expect you to be perfect. Expect you to be moving closer to Christ. You guys with me? All right, so... We're, we've heard this explained to us that leadership development that we're implementing right now, because we're, we're creating all of these things, we're having to create measurables for all these things, we're having to create uh, teachings for all of these things. It's going to take a while, and so the best way they explained to us, it's like you're building the plane as you fly it. So imagine that you're on the tarmac and. The pilot comes over and he goes, Hey, we'll be landing in Dallas in about two and a half hours. Don't mind the people that are out on the wing. They're just building the plane as we fly it. I want to get off right now. Right? So we don't have that, that, that chance. We can't shut down the church for a year. We need to begin creating the the pathways and measurable measurables and developing our staff so they can develop others as we go. But this is the direction we're going. So we're changing culture. We're having to change systems and we have to change the way that we think. So I've got 11 minutes. Let's go for it. So we want to move from information to impartation. How many know that we live in an information age? All of a sudden, everybody's an expert. They read an article. Now they have an opinion. Do you guys know that the first open heart surgery was in Alabama? That's right. That's right. Any of you guys that have had heart problems and now the source of it is Alabama. Do you know where it took place? In a guy's home on a kitchen table. (laughs) Welcome to Alabama. So, So here's the thing. But a lot of people think they're experts and they want to do something they're not ready for. So we create an apprenticeship process and a leadership development process because we actually want you to know what you're talking about. We actually want you to know how to do what you're talking about, right? And one of the things that I think is really important for us is that we create a culture of come be with me. I can't tell you how many people I talk to, and I've missed the mark in some ways, and this as well. It Every time I talk to a young person and even somebody who is now in their 50s, They'll say, nobody ever came alongside me. Right? Come be with me. I've got a young guy that not long ago, he said, I want your job. All right. You want my job, huh? Well, guess what? We need to get you ready for it. Come be with me. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to pour into people and develop them. John 138 says, he's got these men who are not yet disciples and they're following to see, is this the Messiah? And he turns around and he says, turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? Another translation says, what are you seeking? What is it that you desire? It wasn't just for this moment. He was saying, what is it that you desire? And they said, we want to know where you stay. I want to come be with you. Listen, I'm taking this class and basically they break it down into four quadrants, zero to 20, 20 to 40 age, 40 to 60 and 60 to 80. And they said the most impactful age is 60 to 80, 60 to 80, because you've got information, you've got wisdom. But are you imparting? That's what has to take place. Our church. So let's talk about what apprenticing looks like. And we're going to give you guys access to a link. It, it, it goes like this. I do. You watch. Let's talk about it. I do. You watch. Let's talk about it. The next phase is they're learning and growing. We do. We talk about it. So you invite them in. You do it together. Let's talk about it. And that third step is you do it. I'm going to watch, and then we're going to talk about it. And do you recognize the one theme throughout? We talk about it. We talk about it. its relationship. We need to build relationship one another. So I am a, um, you can ask my wife, I'm a frustrated entrepreneur. So I love any idea of being apprenticed. I'm a horrible entrepreneur, but it doesn't matter. I love trying all kinds of stuff. And we'll tell you stories one day. But I would love to be apprenticed because I'm a learner. See, some people look at the apprentice process. Well, that's at the bottom. Listen, if you know your identity, it doesn't matter where you start. Nobody can take your worth from you. This is not what we're trying to do. We just want to get you in the process to develop you. All right. I have a personal bias toward believing that every person was created on purpose, for purpose, and with purpose. Okay? So I'm going to give the rest of my life to that end because I want God to receive his full inheritance. And the way we do that is to help you find what's inside of you and then live that life. Okay? I want you to watch, uh, anybody familiar with Michael Jr., the comedian? It's awesome, man. I, I love this video. We want to connect you not only to the why of glad, uh, good news, what uh, dollar, uh, of good news, but we want to connect you to your personal why as well. Watch this video. Series
1: is called How Do I Know? And a lot of times when people hear the phrase, how do I know, the next thing they say is what? How do I know what? But the key really isn't to know what. The key is to know why. Because when you know your why, you have options on what your what can be. For instance, my why is to inspire people to walk in purpose. My what is stand-up comedy. My what is writing books. My what can be going out with some friends to eat. In fact, another what that is moving me towards my why is a web series that we have out now called Break Time. So every Wednesday at three o'clock, you should subscribe to the, to the channel. Uh, we do a series called Break Time on YouTube. So three o'clock, we drop a new episode. One episode in particular, I'm about to show you a clip to. We were in in Winston-Salem. So break time, this is how it works. I travel the country, I do stand-up comedy, probably an hour, hour and a half at an event. And in the middle of my show, I'll just sit down and start talking to the audience. And funny just happens. Or I'll meet somebody who's really interesting. So I met this one guy and he said that he teaches music at a school. I was like, all right, you teach music, you know, um, can you sing? And then uh, I'm just going to show you the clip. Check it. So you're a musical director.
2: Cool. Yes, sir.
1: All right, so um, let, me get a couple, let me get a couple bars of, like, uh, Amazing Grace. Can you do the first part of that? Go ahead.
2: Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like
1: me wow. that bro could sing you know what i'm saying all right all right uh, now once you give me the version is if uh your uncle just got out of jail you got shot in the back when you was a kid I'm just saying, let me see the hood version real quick. If you know which version I'm talking about, just see if that exists. Let me see what you got.
2: Amen.
1: Here's the thing, the first time I asked him to sing, he knew what he was doing. The second time I asked him to sing, he knew why he was doing it. When you know your why, your what has more impact, because you're walking in or towards your purpose.
0: I want you to sing. Some of y'all, I don't want you to sing. You know what I'm talking about. You need to be able to sing to sing. But I want you to sing. I want your life to sing. And so when you notice Daryl, right, the first time, people kind of nodded their head, right? Second time, when he sang with who he was and who God designed him to be, people got up. People responded. They clapped. They were moved. It's the same thing with your life. For the past 80 years, we've told you what? Serve, but as we move forward, we want to develop you and help you discover your why. All right. So for those of you guys who may be struggling a little bit, uh, we have some pre-assessments that we are creating, and we'd love to be able to help you process some of that stuff. Um, so you can email me or, or contact me. We'd love to be able to help you do that. We have some go opportunities today that we would love to be able to connect you with. Listen, the way you discover your purpose, very rarely does God show up in a burning bush. And even if you look at the life of Moses, this is off script, it took him 40 years to get there. He was always a deliverer, but he wasn't ready. Anyway, that's, that's a good message for another time. Terry, why don't you come up and tell us about these go opportunities. Put your hands together for Terry.
2: Isn't Pastor Jason awesome? Let's go to Pastor Jason. Okay, it's time to go, Glad Tidings. It's time to go, okay? There are great opportunities today in room 201 to 203. We have 20 between ministries and charitable organizations that we want a partnership with. They're excited. We had a great turnout for first service. I guess I'll share with you this. Um, I started serving in the church. That's where I started, in the choir, usher, teaching the Sunday school and the youth. I started serving here, but then the opportunities led to serving opportunities in our community. And my wife and I took on that challenge. And what we found out was this, God is willing to use you. If you step out, the opportunities are there. Even if you don't feel equipped, even if you don't feel like, you know what? I've, I don't know what to do. I'll tell you what, most of the time we didn't know what to do either. But God will show himself mighty. So I want to tell you it's time to go. My short story, just real quick, is my wife and I have served at the Open Door Mission doing chapel services for about 15 to 16 years. We've done meals at the Ronald McDonald House for a little over 20 years. Um, we've been with Victory Boxing Club helping them out with sharing the gospel with boxers. After they get done boxing, they get in the middle, they get around the ring. You stand in the middle and you just talk about Christian principles for about 10 or 15 minutes. You guys can do that. Then we worked with Pastor Ferba in the Nepal Burmese Church. We started off with about eight people; they're up about to about three to four hundred now. And it wasn't because of us; it was because that we stepped out, and God saw that we took that step of faith, and then He worked. And one of the last things I'll tell you is this: about six years ago, I was an executive at UPS. My president calls me, and she says, "Hey, um, you know, we're in the conference room, and we want to tell you." You know, our highest uh, honor is the Jim Casey award at UPS, and we got 450,000 employees worldwide, and you're, our, uh, you're, you're the award winner. And I got real quiet because they were applauding, and they asked, was I okay? And here's what I told them. Here's what I thought. I said, you know what? This isn't about me. This is about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who's given me an opportunity, and then he started working. So the applause was for him. So I want to challenge you today. My last go opportunity was this past Friday. I served as as the MC of the Victory Boxing Club Banquet. There was Gene Stoddard, our mayor, and also Dr. Tom Osborne. Dr. Tom Osborne said something, I think, that speaks to us today better than the notes that I had earlier. He says this, everybody needs a roadmap in life. And today in 201 to 203, we're giving you a roadmap to walk through that door and to come in there and see where God's going to land you. The four things he said was this. Being a championship coach, you think you talk about football, right? He says, here's what he lives by. Step number one, God gives us strength to serve. Number two, God reveals himself in serving. Number three, God leads you to purpose and meaning. And number four, God will give you the grace to endure. And I'll leave you with this. Walking through the door of opportunity leads to divine advantage and supernatural favor. Supernatural favor. So I want to challenge you today. We're going to be waiting for you right there in the rooms. So we want to see you come in. And if you're a processor, I'm not. All right. But if you're a processor, just step into the room, grab some information, take it home and process it. But let's make something happen today for the glory of God as we go. Can we do that? Or good news.
0: <laughs> all right. So next steps. I, I need you to begin thinking, changing the way you think. Everybody here has the potential for leadership because leadership is influence, right? Number two, we have to create a culture of come be with me. If you have something that you know you can give away, you need to start giving it away. You need to pour into the next generation. Number three, if you are not on a ministry team, we need to get you on a ministry team. You'll be developed. You'll be equipped. There'll be discovery, and that'll help. And then if you're on a ministry team our small group, you need to give your life away to an apprentice. If you're already on a ministry team, those opportunities are going to come, but just know there's an expectation that you're going to develop people. We're going to give you the tools to be able to do that. I'm going to ask you guys to stand. We actually have an apprentice guide that you can read and you can familiarize yourself with, um, what it means to be apprentice, but also what it means to apprentice. Um, and it's, it's just, a uh, something that you can read and get to know father thank you so much for the, the men and women in this room for what you're wanting to do god through good news church and through us individually god we pray that you would speak to our hearts god challenge us to live beyond ourselves and i ask god that your kingdom would come your will would be done in jesus name amen and amen excited about the future of good news amen Okay, I'm going to ask our prayer team to come forward. If you need to receive uh, Jesus as Lord and Savior, they will pray with you. If you need to receive prayer, uh, they'll pray for you as well. Make sure you go across. There are great go opportunities. God bless you guys.